0: a studio stu- studio d production i just remember I
1: even before i was doing theater i was slurring my words so bad that grandma used to make me stand in the garage with oh, a pencil with in my m- mouth yeah yeah and why in the garage lines. i don't know i would just do it in the garage for some reason <laughs> punishment i guess she didn't make me i just remember doing it in the garage
2: i'm like that seems very unmom like in the garage like that I guess you didn't make me <laughs> I just have
1: a memory of doing it at the garage
2: maybe cause you could get away from everybody and they maybe. wouldn't hear you I don't know but <laughs> I just didn't seem like mom
0: to be like in the garage now Belle <laughs> like it's a punishment you slur your words Hilarious. I'm punishing you well that's almost like what grandma would do with her handwriting do you remember sit down I wanna tell you a story a really weird and messed up story with murder and ghouls. it's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's F'd Up Family Story Time. Kindergarten teacher, how old was I? Hello, everyone. Welcome to F'd Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. And here today we have Belle. Hey. And Jess. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello. How is, hello.
0: Hello. Hello. How's everyone doing? T- how's everyone doing today?
1: <laughs> when, Hannah, when you said that, it immediately made me think of like the little worm in the labyrinth. <laughs> well, um,
2: that's why I said it. I have him, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that. He's you have my... the worm. The worm. Wow. No. Uh, Chris, for my birthday got me a little stuffed one he's got this he's got this wispy hair and he's so cute anyway so and that's why i said it (laughs) hello hello
0: did we already ask this question if you had to lose a finger which finger would you lose (laughs) (laughs) i think my ring
2: finger on my left hand. I was going to say that too,
1: <laughs> so that I can tell Kyle
0: you can't own me.
2: <laughs> oh no! See, I was just thinking of which one would be the least impactful for me to still play the piano. Yeah, you're um, right. I mm, think
0: you're no. right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was immediately like, "Fuck, Kyle, you can have my ring finger."
0: <laughs> also,
1: it might be kind of cute. My oh well, you might want to do right hand. hand. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I say it might be, be kind of cute if you had a, stu- a little stub and you wore a ring on it, a little ring on Aww. your stub. Would it fall off <laughs> more
2: easily because you don't have a knuckle to stop oh, it? though? Oh,
0: probably would. But I then, mean,
2: like people... a little cap. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> a little hat. A little hat
3: to keep your ring on your stub.
2: <laughs> or, or dress it up for the holidays. A little reindeer <laughs> antler
1: cap. Maybe a Santa cap. <laughs> What is what's the finger that you're the most attached to? My thumb, <laughs> my middle
0: finger.
2: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I
1: was <laughs> like,
0: this
2: one mm. on my right
1: hand, <laughs> my left
0: pointer finger, because that's Gets my pick nose, nose picking <laughs> finger. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they came out with the study, and George had to text me. He's like they did this study that people who they have Alzheimer's, they're they're tracing it back to nose pickers. <gasps>
1: Oh, no. <laughs> he just sent me the article. Yeah, I have no, no caption well, in the text. What are you saying, George? Mom and I are going to get Alzheimer's. Having <laughs> I mean, allergies sucks. I know. Yeah.
3: Uh, sometimes you get the really hard ones that hurt, yes. and you're like, get out of me.
1: And then your <laughs> nose don't...
0: itches, so then when you go to scratch your nose, you like, have you ever cut your yes! nose with a hard booger in your nose? Yes.
2: But I think just removing the ones that are down already and dried out It's probably fine. I think it's more the people who like really get their finger up there and like like they're touching their sinuses like that give the that created the digging for
0: gold Uh expression.
3: How do you get your finger all the way up there? I don't know. But they they say that you're cramming
0: bacteria up into your brain that can lead to Alzheimer's. If I pick
2: my nose, I it's just a quick like oh. I got a booger down at the bottom and I made myself bleed when I scratched my nose cuz that's what happens to me all the time. And it's so painful. Why is that so painful in your nose when that happens? Why it's like she? yeah. horrible.
0: I don't understand why your nose has so many nerves. I understand yeah, like the like the the smell nerves, whatever those are. But
2: <laughs> Well, but you still the have the smell to, nerves. You have to be able to feel everywhere for your survival. Like I don't know. I don't what if you got a rock in your nose and oh. didn't know and then,
0: yeah, but you don't have to have that many nerves
2: to well, know you have a rock is a in your nose.
3: is direct shoot to your, your freaking brain, dog, isn't it?
0: What do you mean that
3: many nerves?
0: We probably
2: have like one little branch of nerves Why that comes down. Why does it so bad then? Because we, they're not exposed to the elements. It's like poking it? the uh, inside of you okay. would be my guess. Like Poking okay, the inside think, <laughs> <of you. laughs> Whoa! I mean, like, think, think about it, right? It's not exposed and doesn't experience all the abuse that the rest of our exposed parts do. I guess so. That makes sense. Like the inside of your ear is more sensitive. I yeah. mean, your eardrum is because it's your eardrum. Come but mind, also bitch. your... But your ear canal, and I think that's because
0: it's protected. My ear
3: canal is rough and tough. True. Because I'm constantly getting ear infections.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, should we get into the story? Yeah. Should we move things right along? This <laughs> week Hannah is the one telling the story. And I think I'm gonna let her
3: take it from it's here. me. Woo. So I as I mentioned earlier, I don't know if it'll make it into the podcast. I have been watching The Crown, <laughs> which is why I chose this story. So this is the story of the Aberfan disaster. Possibly Abervan. It's Welsh. I apologize. Aberfan I don't speak Welsh. That's how I
0: Aberfan. looked it up. Aberfan. Aber Aber Aberfan. 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 That Aberfan. sounds more Norse than Aberfan. Well,
2: you were saying near. I don't
1: speak Welsh, and I thought that you were gonna say, I don't speak well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that too. Near yes, Near Myrna also. Myrna Tildiff or uh-huh. something like
3: that. How and that's how that's how you say it. It's Aberfan. 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 Let's listen. I did Aberfan. He but that's said it. like the English pronunciation. He said it so fast too. Aberfan. Aberfan. Yes. Aberfan.
2: I think that's a requirement when you speak Welsh or Scottish. And if you're Welsh or Scottish and you speak English, you have to speak did that see? fast. Have you ever tried to watch a show from Scotland or Wales? I have to watch with subtitles when they're speaking English. (laughs) What?
3: what? I looked up another one, and mom was just right. Uh.
0: was right <laughs> i told you i looked it up this morning she's I'm like sorry keep, keep going until you she find a different me,
2: one so you can prove her wrong
0: That's what she they wanted do, right? me to help her with stuff so i did I did, did a that. little <laughs> bit of dumb research like that in I'm case there were so questions <laughs> now she's okay. still questioning me it's great i love it i love it don't no, ever you've learned don't ever take um, anything i say trust, <laughs>
2: trust um, but verify yeah exactly yeah. she trusted you but she was gonna verify Um, I don't know if you guys heard what I said to Hannah, but I was like, just keep searching until you find one that's different and you can prove her wrong. Isn't that what our society does these (laughs) days is search till you can find one thing that supports your point. There's a line from Gilmore Girls that I actually looked up because I figured it had to be a quote from somewhere. It wasn't. It's just a line from Gilmore Girls. But he said Richard says uh, one wrong man can always find a friend
0: that is so true Wow! do you That's see where I deep. thought that was like a quote yeah, from like, yeah. way to go Gilmore Girls I, know, so, I mean right? it is a quote so you have to if you ever quote it you'll right. have to, you have like, to quote Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> right? but
2: who knew I figured who knew? it was like Abraham Lincoln or something <laughs> like that like you know yeah. so, one wrong man so can
0: always find a friend. friend four
2: score <laughs> and seven friends ago <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: oh yeah.
3: All we right. did it again, guys. Did you?
2: <laughs> anyway, sorry, Hannah, okay. Banana. Aberfan. Aberfan. So, this is the Aberfan. story of
3: the Aberfan, Aberfan. disaster. Aberfan. 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 <laughs> the Aber- Aberfan
1: disaster.
3: Is that an Abercrombie and Fitch fan? An Aberfan? An Aberfan. Oh. <laughs> Aberfan. I'm going to say Aberfan. Aberfan. Uh, Aberfan? <laughs> Aberfan. Abaphon. That's like German sounding. I'm uh, stop. I Aberfan. have to I need to stop.
1: I need to stop. <laughs> so one we get place in this way. We're Wales. at a place. Tell okay. this story.
3: <laughs> so Aberfan is a small village in Wales situated toward the bottom of the western valley slope of the Taff Valley. The river Taff runs north to south through the village, and the Glamorganshire Canal runs parallel to the river. In 1966 its population was approximately 5000 people and most of the village was employed in the coal industry. So Aberfan was a coal mining town had been I think since like the 1800s. And Aberfan's coal colliery colliery which is essentially just a coal mine but I um, colliery coal, Colliery, there's an I in it. I don't know. Oh, is it collier? Colliery, colliery, which is a coal mine. Yeah, it's just a coal it's... mine.
0: <laughs> you're colliery, like you're colliery, like <laughs> topiary.
2: I
3: don't yeah.
1: know. I was trying to think of other Coley-ery.
0: things. Colliery, we can look that one up. If Oh, so,
1: my gosh.
3: <laughs> um. So Aberfan's colliery was under the control of the National Coal Board or the NCB since 1947. After the nationalization of the British coal industry, A regulation was provided by HM Inspectorate of Mines, and the first spoil from the coal mine was deposited on the valley's lower slopes, which is east of the canal. And um, spoil is essentially just like the waste that you get I'm so from. Glad you said that. <laughs> I wrote it in there because I knew no one would know. Um, it's just like the waste that you get from that you get. During the process of mining for coal. And so they had like spoil tips, which is just a pile of accumulated waste material. What did they call it? Spoil. Spoil spoiled tips.
1: Tips. Yeah. Okay. Because it was like on top. I heard something else. What did you remember? I heard spoil tits. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what did they call it?
2: So they, they form the shape of a nipple. Yeah. yeah
1: I was like, wait, the mount might look like a boob. I don't know. <laughs> spoil tits. <laughs> <laughs> That's my stripper name. That's what they look like. Spoiled tits.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, the first spoil uh, was deposited on the lower. Slopes, which is east of the canal, but during the 1910s, the first spoiled tip was started. So the spoil was just like the the regular ways, but then the spoiled tips were like a big pile of it essentially. Um, it's
2: just like small pile, big pile of the same stuff. Okay, I think so. (laughs)
3: Uh,
1: mama pile and a baby pile, (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a daddy pile and they kiss and the nipple pile for (laughs) the (laughs) baby, isn't it daddy?
2: The daddy. Pile is the spoiled tips. <laughs>
0: yes,
3: <laughs> uh, laugh now because it gets sad. <laughs>
2: oh, I'll probably laugh um, then too. Oh.
3: So during the 1910s, the first spoil tip was started on the western slopes, which was above the canal and above the village. So spoil tips are typically composed of shale and Carboniferous sandstone. And by 1966, there were seven spoil tips with around 2.0 million. Meters cubed of coal waste. They had it also in cubic yardage, and I didn't write that down. I don't know why, because I feel like that would be easier to say. Anyways, <laughs> any uh, so all of these tips were directly above the village, um, so they were all on the western slopes, and tip seven was the only one being used in 1966, and it stood at 111 feet high and contained 227,000 meters cubed. Of spoil and also had 23,000 meters cubed of tailings. And tailings was waste from the chemical extraction of coal. And so it had fine particles of coal and ash, which take on properties similar to quicksand when wet.
1: Were all of the piles that tall?
3: Not all of them. Most of them are smaller than Tip 7 because that was still, that was the one that was in use at the time. Uh All of the other ones weren't being used. They were just kind of like left there from. Uh, I think because I think what it is, once it gets to a certain height, you're either supposed to like remove some of it or Uh, just like decommission the spoil tip.
2: But they didn't listen when it came to tip seven. Tip seven
3: was, I think, higher than it was supposed to be, like way Uh, higher than it was supposed to be.
2: Why didn't they just make a tip eight?
3: The daddy pile. (laughs) (laughs) The daddy pile,
0: right. (laughs) I wonder if they were limited Sorry. in space Maybe. because I think so. of some of the things that will come up later. I wonder if they were out running out
3: of space to
0: put the.
2: Squirrel. Yeah,
3: I think so.
0: As happens,
3: as happens. So, like I kind of mentioned with the tailings, how they become similar to quicksand when wet, the stability of the tip in general is affected by water conditions, and so tips four, five, and seven had been cited on streams or springs. So they were near waters, and the presence of these springs was common knowledge, and they had been marked on the Geological Society and Ordnance Survey maps since 1874. So o- almost 100 years these springs had been there, and they still put these tips Either like on top of springs, near springs, near the water.
2: They didn't care or understand. That's what I, I
0: wonder if they didn't have a lot of space either. Yeah. If they were like limited in their choices of where to put things. So
3: yeah, because like I, from what I gather, there were. I mean, there was a river running through essentially,
2: which makes sense. I mean, a village yeah. is normally by a water source, yeah. right? My question is, isn't it? Oh pretty rainy in wales
3: it is i will also get into that okay because i'm
2: thinking like oh it's affected by moisture well it's pretty wet in wales i believe
3: (laughs) (laughs) so tip four which was used between 1933 and 1945 was fairly large and was started on boggy ground between two streams and when planning its position, the engineers thought that it would be unlikely to avalanche, despite it being situated between between two streams. They also dug a drainage channel, which was dug in early 1944. But in November of that year, the tip slid 1,600 feet down the mountain. Wow. wow. So even though they said, they were like, it's not going to do it. It's not going to avalanche. It was in between two streams. Wales is rainy. What kind and kind How slipped? many what times? What kind of
2: engineer were they? Because like train engineer maybe they weren't the right Why well, I, like, <laughs> I, like, like, I assume
3: like i through the national what kind board.
2: of engineer doesn't realize that it's gonna yeah. get I, wet and the rivers are gonna flood well and, also, and it, it's it gets
0: wet from the ground, from the
1: ground too yeah. because if you're it that close to water already. yeah mm-hmm. Sorry, i just Ellie. feel like how many times across all countries have corporations been like Our actions aren't going to cause any harm. And then they cause cause this ridiculous amount of harm. I
2: I will point out, though, we're talking about over a a long span of time. And when this mine started, there weren't there wasn't that understanding of what it did to the environment. There wasn't. And so it probably went on way too long that they didn't care. But when it started, I don't think they new yeah. would be my opinion yeah
1: oh yeah no And i get that but uh, i mean at the same time it's i a, mean your point is still valid so I another one valid. of those things well i change it it's working now
2: it's it, it's still a valid point i just don't know if that's what these people were doing
3: well yeah. and like the amount of money it would take to like start a, a coal mine somewhere else that had like better land probably would be too much for them to like valid well, valid that and- val-
2: well, and you have Validate. to find a, You have to find a place that has a coal mine too. Like yeah. when it comes to mining, you kind of have to mine where where the it is. Minerals yeah. at mm-hmm. you know.
3: So but there were there were a lot of factors, but I agree. I think that corporate ne- negligence is for sure a factor in this. So in November, the tip slid uh, one thousand six hundred feet down the mountain, but it stopped approximately five hundred feet above the village. So there was no damage to the village. Nobody died. It was just very lucky that no one died. (laughs) In May of 1963, tip seven shifted slightly. And in November of that year, there was a more substantial slide. Again, I don't think that it hit anyone's house. I think it stopped above the village still. But I think I would move at this point if I lived in that right? village. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, two in like a decade, I'm out of here. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Who wants Split. to live
2: with these this like looming pile of coal waste yeah. over their village? Well, but the
3: problem, most of those people were employed by the coal company. Like That's that was true. their job. They had to situate nearby so they could go and work in the coal mines, like shitty situation all around. So the N N C B stated that the movement wasn't a slide. And they called it a tailings run. So a tailings run is the runoff of the tailings from the surface of the tip, which has left the stability unaffected. So essentially the difference between like a slide and a tailings run, a slide would affect the stability and there would be more of a chance of like a big avalanche. Tailings run, it would essentially be nothing. And it was just like the, the powdery tailings on top that it was slid off. So after the slide, the NCB stopped tipping tailings into the tip seven, but they continued to deposit regular spoil and normal waste. So they didn't have like the the tailings, which is the chemical extraction, the, the waste from the chemical extraction, which is like the fine particles and stuff, but they still deposited the rest of the waste. So like you mentioned, Jess...
2: (laughs) Yeah, waste!
3: (laughs) No, no, no. Like you mentioned, Aberfan has a relatively high rainfall. They average in about 60 inches per year. Uh, And like all of Wales, all of the UK really in general has pretty high rainfall. In 1960, the average rainfall was 70.5 inches, so higher than their normal average. And between 1952 and 1965, there were at least 11 occasions of severe flooding in Aberfan. And the residents complained that the flood water was black and left a greasy residue when it receded. Complaints were made to the NCB between July 1963 and March of 1964. They complained about the danger from the coal slurry being tipped at the rear of the pant glass schools. Because they had like a couple of schools on a road that was right up against, I think, where tip seven was. Pant class the name of the schools or yeah. a description? Okay, I was like, is that no, no, another no. thing I don't it understand? It is the name <laughs> of the schools. Okay. <laughs> so in 1965, there were meetings held between the Mether County Borough hmm. Council and uh, the NCB. They agreed to take action on the clogged drainage ditches and pipes that were causing the flooding. But by October of 1966, no action had been taken. So on October 21st of 1966... The coilery Spoil Tip number 7 had collapsed into Aberfan, Wales. And I think that's where we'll take our break.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Right on.
3: <laughs> right on. That's pretty right oh. Yes. <laughs> so, let's okay,
0: before we take our break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the the total, the entire tip of Spoil 7, yep, avalanched into the into
3: town the village and hit the village. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Because you so. said what it was like a hundred and ten feet tall,
3: it was a hundred and eleven feet tall. All um, huh. before we go, I guess I will uh, pretty quickly just like mention the cubic meterage of the the flood. One hundred and ten thousand meters squared of spoil slid seven hundred yards down the mountain, and then thirty eight thousand meters cubed went across the canal and into the village. So there was a lot of it that went down the mountain and then just a little bit of it that went like across the canal and went into the village a separate way
0: just a I little mean, bit
3: i know just a little bit <laughs> it's still 38,000 cubic meters and this
2: is hard stuff it's like hard rock like substances yeah
1: mm-hmm. it well, when it was when mixing it's with raining, the water it's like quicksand you said right? yeah well mm-hmm. some of it so is. it had a
3: little bit more of a liquefied like a muddy. Like a muddy kind of texture while it was flowing. But once it stopped, it solidified. I
2: thought only the tail ends turned into quicksand. I thought the... Spoil. There's... I... Okay, I'm just making sure. I'll get sure. into it a little okay. bit
3: because they kind of explain how... Well, there was more adder watered into it as they were going, as it was flowing down the mountain. And then it okay. kind of explains how, um, as it was flowing, like the speed at which it was traveling also helped to liquefy it a little bit. Okay. So...
0: We can take our break now and come back for the gruesome shit later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Ow. <laughs> hey, little shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us. If you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories, I'm still waiting for you to tell me those so I could tell them to you. Our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites. We're podcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at E-F-F-E-D-Up Storytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shammies. And uh, back to the show. I don't know if it's an ad or if Anime Planet is like... Uh anyway, it says Britney Spears musical to hit Broadway in 2023. Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> There's a Britney Spears musical, apparently. People think she's dead. Is she dead? I don't know. Is it not I'm not convinced that she's it? not. Is it?
2: Is she not on? She was on one of those talent shows as a judge not too
0: long ago.
3: Well, but people think that like since the, her conservatorship ended that she, oh. that something happened to her.
1: It's interesting. Britney Spears musical to hit Broadway in 2023. Entertainment Tonight reports that Once Upon a One More Time will open on June 22nd at Broadway's Marquee Theater. That
3: can't be real. Is it? Once Upon a One More Time musical. That's so
1: funny. I hope it's real. Once
3: Upon a One More Time. That's horrible. That can't be real. (laughs) I refuse to believe it.
2: Well, I just so found it on Wikipedia. No, is it actually a thing <laughs> with pictures? No. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, Wait, so it's confirmed, Jess. It's real.
2: I mean, it depends on how much we we, we want to Wikipedia. believe Wikipedia. It's a jukebox musical comedy, the based on songs popularized by Britney Spears. So it's not her story. It's using her music, kind of like Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. It's set in a fantasy storybook <gasps> realm, and it follows numerous fairy tale characters transformed show. by a feminist awakening.
1: Oh, a new oh. dream show! <laughs> okay, i right, I like
2: it. A... <laughs> so, once upon a one more time, they're having their feminine awakening. So, once upon oh. a time. Oh, no, one more time. Please, oh I love it. Okay, so you guys should do your research before you start <laughs> shitting on stuff.
1: I no. just found out about it, and I <laughs> wanted to believe, but I, you started shitting on it already right away. No, Even, I never did. I thought that I it did. was,
3: but <laughs> I just hate it. I still hate the name of it. I hate.
2: I kind of like name. it when you know the story <laughs> though, like because the once upon a time is yeah. like the. The prince and the princess. This is once the totally like, misogynistic like, view of women, right? And now it's like, oh, wait, one more time, please. And they have their feminist awakening. Like,
3: okay, I see it now.
0: All right, well, <laughs> uh, should we get into our story? Yes, we left it at a pretty um, speaking of fairy
2: tales. No, <laughs> this
0: is not this a fairy nightmare. Tale. Um, it could be a living be,
2: nightmare, could be a. Original fairy tale; those were brutal. They were. That's true. Grimm's brothers, Grimm. Even some of the others, like Cinderella. Was Cinderella a grim one, or was that a? But I know Cinderella had a gruesome mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty did mm-hmm. Snow mm-hmm. White did
3: They were all Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid; she literally kills herself. Yeah. <laughs> to our nightmare. So when we left off, it was October twenty first, nineteen sixty six, and the Coilery Spoil Tip number seven had collapsed in Aberfan, Wales. So the first three weeks of October that year had 6.5 inches of rainfall, nearly half of which was in the third week alone. The night of October 20th, the peak of tip number seven had subsided by nine to 10 feet. Wow. Rails that the spoil was transported to the top of the tip on had fallen into the hole that was created. And spoil the spoil move was discovered at 7.30 a.m. when one of the coilery workers reported the shift supervisors for the tip decided that no work would be done for the rest of that day um, and that a new tipping position would be decided on in the following week. But things progressed really quickly. (laughs) At this point, it was like too late. Yeah, at this point, when they had noticed the move and like the the depression, the hole that had been sunk like 9 to 10 feet, it was kind of too late at that point. Mm -hmm. At 9.15 a significant amount of water-saturated debris fell away from tip number seven and flowed downhill. It flowed between 11 to 21 miles per hour in waves between 20 and 30 feet high. So like I mentioned before, there was 110,000 meters cubed of spoil that slid 700 yards down the mountain. It destroyed two farm cottages and killed the occupants. And then 38,000 meters squared went across the canal and into the village. So like you were saying, like... You would assume it to be kind of more solid than liquid. So the spill destroyed two water mains, which was just adding additional water into the spoil. A consultant engineer who gave evidence at the tribunal that I'll talk about a little bit later for this incident at GMJ Williams said that... The 915 movement took part of the saturated material past the point where liquefaction occurred. This initially liquefied material began to move rapidly, releasing energy which liquefied the rest and saturated the portion of the tip. And almost instantaneously, the nature of the saturated lower parts of tip number seven was changed from that of a solid to that of a heavy liquid of a density of approximately twice that of water. So it was like the speed of which it was moving liquefied the rest of it and essentially made it water but just really dense water
0: so like a mud like like a a mud mud yeah
3: so the spoil avalanche hit pant glass junior school which was on Moy Road and demolished the structure and filled the classrooms with thick mud sludge and rubble in total 109 children at the school and five teachers were killed Everybody in the building, right? Everyone in the building. Well, not everyone in the building. There were a few survivors, and I'll kind of talk about a few okay. of those. Um,
2: Wait, I thought this happened at night.
3: No, it happened at 9.15 in the morning. Oh. So these people had just arrived at the school. Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: Should I just put a big net over the entire town?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, they had two two avalanches before. Like, one was three years before this one, and... It still seemed like nothing was really done to make it any safer. So, like I said, the children had arrived minutes before the avalanche arrived. It was the last day of school before holiday. Oh, oh, man. And the adjacent secondary school was damaged but not hit directly in the way that the junior school was hit. Um, There were 18 houses on surrounding roads that were destroyed, and mud and water flooded the surrounding area and forced many to evacuate their homes. So when the spoiled material came to a stop, it solidified. So it was like the muddy material, the mudslide kind of material when it was moving. But as soon as it stopped, it was like solid rock, essentially.
2: Isn't science fascinating? So it basically
0: <laughs> made like kind of like a concrete or a cement.
3: It, I think it was like... It, solid rock is the wrong way to describe it. I think it was more so just like... Rocky material, so kind of like lumps of coal. Okay. Essentially. Okay. Okay. Um, because people were still able to like dig through it. They were the. Okay.
2: So it took its original form, basically, yeah. once it stopped. Moving. It's pre-wet okay. state where it okay. was just
3: the waste. So there was a mound of slurry up to thirty feet high that blocked the area, and uh, like I like I said, there were a few people who survived the initial hit at the junior school due to some really brave people sacrificing themselves essentially for these children uh one of them is nancy williams who was the school's meals the school meals clerk who used her body to shield five children who all survived um but williams died and then there was the deputy headmaster who had tried to use a blackboard to shield himself and five children die bay banan and all 34 pupils in his class were unfortunately killed So after the landslide had kind of come to a rest, local residents rushed to the school to dig through the material, and miners from the Aberfan Colliery arrived within 20 minutes to assist with rescue efforts, but in total, 144 people died in this disaster, 116 of which were children, mostly between the ages of 7 and 10. There were an additional 6 children and 29 children who were injured. So that's a lot of fucking people, yeah, it is <laughs> that's a lot of people in this town that only has a uh, five thousand people, yeah,
1: you said six children and twenty nine yeah. children
3: we Oh, six adults, my bad. Okay, I,
2: I was with you, Belle. That's why I was like, wait. So, I was like, so 35 children?
3: No, additional six adults and 29 children if, if you were
2: having trouble with the math, you could have just asked us. We would have helped you. Me, every
1: time I play D&D, I'm like, I rolled a five and a four is nine plus four. <laughs> like, uh, Help me out, guys.
3: <laughs> so the NCB held a meeting that morning that decided Lord Robins, who was the organization's chairman, shouldn't attend the site of the disaster. So the chairman never came to see the site of the disaster. Why did they decide he shouldn't? They said he, Lord Robins said in his memoir, I think that, or in his autobiography, that the appearance of a layman at too early a stage inevitably distracts senior and essential people from the tasks upon which they should be exclusively concentrating. So, him being there would distract people from like doing the actual rescue efforts is essentially what in the he way. said. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's
2: like, we don't need the president to go out to yeah. The mudslide in California until a better time. Like yeah. maybe would be, maybe it's kind of, yeah, I,
3: I think so. He actually went to a ceremony at the university of Surrey that inducted him as chancellor as all of this was going on after he'd heard Wait. about it.
2: So, it- He went to a ceremony. He said, "Sorry, I don't know why I had trouble like following (laughs) that. My brain just did not." Okay, yeah. So So he's out living it up while these people are being rescued. Instead
3: of going to the Aberfan site, he went to a ceremony where he was being inducted as chancellor at the University of Surrey. Rude. But the NCB officers who did go, who were there at the site, covered for him and said that he was personally directing relief work. So they lied. They lied, yeah. They lied about the fa- about why he wasn't there after he after like I think it was a group decision that he decided that he wouldn't go and then he went And was fucking at a university doing something completely different. The decision
2: seems logical, but he should have been monitoring it or something. Absolutely. Like, in contact. I mean, it was the 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 1966. They had telephones. (laughs) You know, he could have been monitoring it, getting updates. The going to the ceremony is a little bit.
3: Yeah. And then the lying afterwards, too, I think.
0: (laughs) For sure.
2: If he had just been like, hey... I'll be in
3: the way. I'm monitoring things from wherever I am. Headquarters. I don't know. Yeah. And I I also think it's interesting because the prime minister was there like right away as soon as he found out. Mm -hmm. Harold Wilson, he was there at like four o'clock that day and stayed until midnight and was talking with people, helping people.
2: You mean he found a way to stay out of the way but still be there? That's amazing
3: (laughs) how that can happen.
2: (laughs) Or or was he just willing to roll up his sleeves and be just oh, another person?
3: I take it back. He wasn't there from 4 p.m. He found out at 4 p.m., left immediately, and arrived at Aberfan at 9.40. But still, it was he like left as soon he left as, he knew. as soon as he knew because yeah. he had to go from London to Wales. Yeah. Um, and then he stayed until midnight. So, like, an the an the, chi- the director, the chairman of the National Coal Board an asshole. could have been there. He could Should have. Should have been there. Yes.
2: Wait, If he's the director of the National Coal Board, he's not a layman. no, no. and he said <laughs> a layman would get in the way
3: that yeah, I don't only I don't fully understand. He's but, the organization's chairman. so but it feels like he should have he some knowledge yeah.
2: of what he should have been happening. overseeing
0: and staying out of the way, but he should have been or, overseeing or at least overseeing from
2: wherever they're at through phone calls and yeah. stuff. He should yeah. But and I in, was just thinking he was like chairman of some thing like no he was the
3: chairman of the ncb
2: so he should know about coal mining and shit like that
3: (laughs) but i think at this point it was pretty pretty apparent that the ncb was trying to cover their asses already and in the crown uh i know that it's not (laughs) real true to real life all the time but i just think it was funny that the the guy who plays the prime minister also was like why the fuck is he not there Like, he should be there. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Wait, do they talk about this in The Crown? Yeah, this is Ah! why,
3: yes. (laughs) To put it all together, I was watching The Crown. I watched this episode, which is in season three. Cried the whole time. And then I was like, I could do the story on that, I think. I was wondering where the whole... Queen Elizabeth, oh, our whole psychic thing was
2: going to come in because I'm like, yeah, it's in Wales. I'll I'll talk
3: about it a little little later too (laughs) because there is an interesting connection to the queen and like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get into it. (laughs) So on October 24th, a coroner's inquest was opened to give causes of death for some of the children. One man who had lost his wife and his two sons said, no, sir, buried alive by the National Coal Board. So, yeah. Right away. He wasn't
0: going to take any cause of death. They they knew.
3: They knew. They knew because this entire village had had a correspondence for years before about the safety issues and the concerns that they had, and And, none of them were taken seriously. And
0: near misses before. Yes,
3: yeah. Multiple near misses, and none of it was looked into by the coal board, and they were essentially just dismissed.
1: The coal board knew that these people needed them more than they needed these because they employed them. (laughs) And they were staying in housing that probably was provided and subsidized by the coal board. And
2: it's a mining camp, just like just like when we talked about Jerome, Arizona. It's like any of those mining camps. Like it's all about what's being mined there and and everybody who's there is somehow involved in that. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like what it a, sounds a like—a anyway. working village. Yeah, yeah.
0: Everybody there is either family of or works in the mine or profits off the miners. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, saloons. Well, it's 1866, so <laughs>
2: bars.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> and they have schools and stuff too. But I would imagine that, like, even the teachers were probably like spouses of people that worked mm-hmm. for the mine. You know?
3: Yeah. So on October 25th, two two, two days after? It's happened on October (laughs) 21st. So four days after uh, the incident, uh, the Secretary of State for Wales appointed a tribunal to inquire about the disaster. Aberfan's Member of Parliament, S.O. Davies, said that he had concerns that the tip might not only slide, but in sliding might might reach the village. And he had had those concerns for a while but I don't think he said anything
1: about it. So that was something that he had like written about in the past, like raised concerns about? He, he said
3: after the fact. He said that he had concerns. He had personal concerns about the fact that it was unsafe, but he hadn't spoken out about it because he had more than a shrewd suspicion that the coilery would be closed. So he thought that by bringing up his concerns they would just shut it down and then the whole town would well, be I mean, out of a job everybody
1: would not have a job
0: yet. yeah yeah so what's the lesser of two evils there mm-hmm. right yeah
3: at least they thought and then yeah. 144 people died yeah uh, 116 children, 116 children. So the tribunal concluded <laughs> on April 28th of 1967 and published a report on August 3rd. They found that the blame for the disaster rested on the National Coal Board and that the Aberfan disaster could and should have been prevented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Yes. <laughs> so a disaster fund was set up by the mayor of to Phil. So sorry, so sorry. It's, 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 that is Martha, the way Tidville. The
1: way they used to the and mayor Lux. of Mayor Tidville. It sounded like you were like telling a the story. Mayor, of mayor, it's like the mayor of Mertha Your third story to the toddler of the night is like, no, tell me a story. I don't want to go to bed. And you're like, well, there was a mayor. And he lived Mayerville. in Mare Town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: all right. So the mayor of the county
3: that Aberfan is in. Great. <laughs> um, set up a disaster fund and raised a total of 1.7 million pounds. And in 1967, the Charity Commission, who is like a commission that governs charity organizations in Wales and England. So it just kind of says, like, are you doing what you should be doing with this money as a charity? Like just uh, looking over them, they said that paying the parents with this fund would be against the terms of the trust. So they didn't want to initially pay the parents of the children who had died in the accident.
0: Because the trust wasn't for that, right? Yeah.
3: Because there was some issue that they didn't want people to just be using the trust for, like... Other things, which I kind of get, I guess. So they drew up a deed that outlined the purposes of the fund as one, for the relief of all persons who have suffered as a result of the said disaster and are thereby in need, or two, as subject as for subject as aforesaid for any charitable purpose for the benefit of persons who were inhabitants of an Aberfan and its immediate neighborhood on the 21st day of October 1966. Or now are or hereafter become inhabitants of the area of benefit, and in particular for any charitable purpose for the benefit of children who were on the 21st day of October 1966. So it was essentially just like if it was someone who was directly affected by it, meaning their children died, so the parents should, of course, be fucking given money. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, for like charitable donations that would help benefit Aberfan in general.
0: And so they did they did say that it was okay.
3: Yeah, they came they came to an agreement because the members of the trust, um, where did it go? God damn it. Okay.
0: Yeah, members of the trust uh, told the commission that five thousand pounds was to yes. be paid to each family.
3: Yeah. And the commission agreed to the amount, but said that each case should be examined before payment to quote, ascertain whether the parents had been close to their children what? and were thus That's... likely to be suffering mentally. <laughs> What bullshit! Such fucking bullshit. And I I also want to bring up that
0: kids enough to get the money.
3: Exactly. I also want to bring up that the charity commission no longer exists. Maybe there's a fucking reason for it. (laughs) They, I think it was like 2002. I read that they don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's so fucked. Like, how much did you love your kids? Is it enough that you're upset that they
1: died? Did they end up having to give them the money eventually?
3: They did. They gave the money to the parents. I think those who, like, requested it. Good. Yeah. So fucked. So fucked.
2: (laughs) Like, I don't even have words. Yeah. yeah. If you, like, I mean, I guess there might be some people out there who don't give a shit about their kids. But most parents, even parents who are not good parents and maybe violent, love their kid in some weird, twisted way and would miss
3: them if they're gone. Yeah. And, of course, their traumatic death would right. like cause you mental distress. <laughs> well, Even if you don't particularly like your children. It's still a traumatic experience. Exactly. Yeah. I like this
0: here that it says uh, it says that the commission threatened to remove trustees of the disaster fund or make a fi- Did you already say this? No. or make a financial order against them if they made grants to parents of children who were physically uninjured or were suffering mental or were suffering mentally. So they had to prove, yeah, that yeah. they were suffering mentally Jeez. or physically. And some of the surviving kids... What about kids... money
2: for the surviving kids? Exactly. Well, and that's what it
0: says here. Some of the surviving kids complained of being afraid of the dark, loud noises. Some refused to sleep alone.
3: Well, and there um, were, like, s- studies that showed that, like, people who were in the disaster but didn't die, died sooner than people who weren't, and that like they suffered urinary incontinence. All of them had PTSD, like the children especially in the town. Oh absolutely. Were, like irreparably. And
0: they probably all developed like some form of lung disease or something with all if yeah. they were in that close proximity to all of that, they had to have breathed in a lot of the coal and and stuff. But yeah, isn't that and it said here that it says the commission informed the children who had complained of this, that any payments would be, quote, quite illegal. So, Ugh. fuck you. Deal with your <laughs> trauma on your own. But, the, the, are you going to talk about what else the grants did? Because they did help to, they assist with the, assisted with the evacuation, mm-hmm. they helped to replace dam- the damaged effects, um, set aside some for future needs of the eight children that were physically
2: injured. And spent some on you know, creating a better disposal site? Well,
3: that's a whole thing in and of itself. Okay. Um, So in 1968, the residents of Aberfan petitioned for the remaining tips to be removed. To pay for the removal, though, 150,000 pounds were taken from the disaster fund. And the NCB paid 350,000 pounds, and then the government paid the remainder. The final cost of the removal was 850,000 pounds. And it, like, took them some fighting to get the NCB to pay for anything at all. Yeah, they were refusing to pay for they any They were refusing. Of it. And then the government, I think the Welsh government was... Then you
2: can't mine here anymore. <laughs>
3: yeah. The Welsh government essentially was like, well, we'll get them to pay for some, and then we'll just take the rest from the disaster relief fund. Just to get it done. Just to get it done. Yeah, it was eventually rectified, but also in a kind of like shitty way. I thought it was (laughs) kind of. I thought they paid it it back, and then some. Well, here's so. How about you
2: tell us, (laughs) and then we'll give you our opinions.
3: the The funds were repaid a couple of different ways, and in 1997. Ron Davies, the Secretary of State for Wales, repaid the disaster funds, one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, but there was no allowance made for inflation or for interest that would have been earned during the time. So that was kind of shitty. Initially, that they were like, "Well, here's technically what we owed you, even though it was nineteen sixty-six, and that Could not been- at all is what it should have been." I think they said that it should have been like one point five million pounds, yeah, to yeah. account for inflation but in 2007 the welsh government donated 1.5 million pounds to the aberfan memorial charity and then 500,000 pounds to the aberfan education charity the money given to the memorial fund was used to upkeep the memorials after the disaster they have like a really nice um memorial garden that i'm pretty sure queen elizabeth and prince charles would like visit yearly wow they planted trees there like they were there all the time that's cool and that's kind of, that's one last thing that's like the, the Queen Elizabeth angle to it all. She visited the site and it was like a few days after it had happened. Like Prince Charles was there right away. And this is what they showed in the crown, so I could be wrong. But I also looked it up a little bit, but not a whole lot because it's not about <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. It's yeah. about Aberfan. <laughs> but it's one of the few instances that she was like seen crying on camera, seen crying in public because the monarch is supposed to be like very... Stoic, Stoic, not show emotion, and she cried at Aberfan.
2: I like the word stoic and don't have opportunity to use it nearly as (laughs) much as I want to. But this is a great tie-in earlier if it makes it in the podcast. Like, what do the royals do? Well, they were there at least. Like, Prince Charles was there right away. Queen Elizabeth went. They were crying. They show up, visit, and they still (laughs) visit, and they still support it, and yeah.
1: I wish that I could get as much credit for just showing up and crying. Oh, shit. Yeah, I because I, I would get ah! so much. I, man, everywhere I went, people would be like, great job, though. Yeah. yeah. You're doing awesome. You care so much. Like, now they're like, why is that weird girl
3: crying? I also just want to say that like one of the other instances Queen Elizabeth cried out was at the fucking decommissioning of a yacht. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not to say that she didn't do... That, like, her presence there, I'm sure, was very necessary for the people of Aberfan to be, like, yeah, to felt seen, to felt yeah, some kind of, like, normalcy. Just to see that
0: people, like you said, to feel seen. Yeah. And that there's people out there that care. And yeah. hopefully that they've got your back and they're going to help mm-hmm. you. These,
3: these people well, work out that way. What better than the queen to be like, we have your back, when the whole fucking NCB that runs your entire town, essentially, is saying that they're oh well yeah. too bad not gonna help you <laughs> yeah
1: that is a good point it did instantly like villainize the coal board yeah <laughs> like having you know, Elizabeth show up and like cry everybody is like no how dare they And I, I
2: just want to say about the the decommissioning of the yacht we don't know what her day was like that day i mean she's a i know hormone filled woman <laughs> like we all are and well it was like a she yacht she had out for
3: of... many many years i think like her children were on the yacht all the time and like whatever so like I it mean, had emotional connections she could have run
2: it. out of but her just favorite yogurt for breakfast and <laughs> just be having and oh and i gotta decommission my memory yacht at the same time oh, i like just think it's funny yacht. it's like
3: of the five times <laughs> that she's ever yacht. caught yeah. crying on camera like horrible disaster where 116 children died yeah makes sense her, her husband's funeral yeah, yeah. makes sense she the decommissioning to... of her yacht makes a little less sense yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right i want to i want to end on this little quote that was on the f- uh, 15th so are anniversary are you almost done yeah this is it
0: do you want to talk about what happened to some of the employees and who was found did you already talk about that
3: oh no i didn't that's the part that i wanted you to look at thanks
1: mom
0: all right. So as far as like repercussions for the NCB, they were not prosecuted. No. Like the company was not prosecuted, and no. St- well, because
3: it's like a national committee, essentially. How are you going to really yeah. and prosecute no- them? Sorry. No <laughs> staff
0: were demoted or or prosecuted or fired as a consequence. Uh, there was during. During the debate on the di- on the disaster, Margaret Thatcher, we all know who she is. Boo. I
3: um, Big boo for fucking Margaret Thatcher. Boo. <laughs> she raised
0: the situation of one witness uh, that was criticized by the inquiry who had subsequently been promoted to a board level position at the NCB by the time the report was published uh, in 2000. Ian McLean, a professor of politics and Martin Jones, a researcher fellow in Welsh history, undertook a study of the Aberfan disaster. And their work included government papers released in 1997 under the 30-year rule. Their opinion is that the coal board spin-doctored its way out of trouble, controlling the public agenda from the day of the disaster until the tips were finally removed. Robins received a copy of the inquiry report 10 days before its official publication and began a campaign to strengthen his position. He went on a tour of British coal fields, giving speeches that promoted the use of coal and criticized the increasing popularity of nuclear power. Nuclear power? All messages... I don't know if we need to keep reading this, but there was something. I thought there was something where people were. Yeah, there was. Let so Legislative. No, hold on. Let I'm
2: missing it. name. I'm getting names confused. But so the one of the main guys of the coal board got Romans. to see the report before it was officially out there. So yeah. So it was like, here, make your battle plan before, like, you know the enemy is coming. Like that's BS. Yeah. Why Lord, would he Lord get Robbins, it?
3: the same guy who they lied about being there, lied about doing relief work. The organization's chairman was allowed to essentially strengthen his public uh, opinion, the public's opinion of him, before the report came out. Uh, yeah, gross, nasty, gross.
0: Um, it does say here nine p- employees of the NCB were censured, censured by the inquiry. Um, with many degrees of blameworthiness from very slight to grave, I guess that that it was considered that some senior staff whom the evidence shows to have been culpable were omitted from this and that one junior member that was named should not have been blamed. It was eventually decided that nobody was culpable, right?
3: Well, I mean, the, the official inquiry said that the NCB was responsible and that it shouldn't have happened, but that that responsibility, like how much culpability is there actually in it? And like that no they like, individual. actually have to face any consequences. Yeah, and
0: no individual was found yeah. to have done anything like specifically negligent or
3: it was more the the organization at large was negligent. Yeah. Um and I also there was some something I read that was like they they were really the NCB was really good about like in mind safety but terrible about any kind of safety when it came to disposal of the waste and like specifically the spoil tips. And they like essentially didn't want to have any kind of responsibility for that. No, Like they had all this responsibility for people who were inside the mines and the safety inside the mines, I'm sure after years of coal miners fucking dying on their hands. And they had to. Uh, And they had to, they were forced to. But this was kind of, I think one of the, The biggest, if not the biggest, incident of like a spoil tip. Yeah. Failing.
0: I mean, it all comes from they built it too high. They built it in the wrong spot. Next, on spring, on ground that has like springs
3: underneath it. In a particularly rainy yeah Part i mean of it, the country in like a, yeah
0: i mean those were regulations though from what i had read that they should have followed they should have known better yeah. to even yeah. put them there or to build them that high mm-hmm. but they just did it right. anyway and i go back to i wonder if they just were limited in space yeah i don't know
2: but then you figure it out i mean i yeah, imagine no there excuse. was some sort of rail cart because you mentioned the rails that brought yeah. it so you extend that out farther away from the village or something like, oh, no, people have to go a little farther to receive the carts and empty them and send them and back you have to pay like, a but the little bit of safe. money <laughs> up
1: front to pay for the rail. And, you know, but it's that's what it always comes down to back in the 60s in the UK in America. It's always bottom line, you know, yeah. like it's always profit over people. Yeah.
3: Still today. It's always profit over people. I feel like a lot of my stories recently have been about how shitty corporations are. Yeah. Because Is that telling? But <laughs> Is that telling because of where I work currently? Could be. Um, Could anyways, be. that's it. All right. That's and it. That's a shitty,
0: yep, <laughs> shitty story. Yeah. F'd up story. Oh, sorry, that's an f up story. Oh, wait.
3: I wanted, oh, I wanted to end on this quote. I forgot. Oh, that's right. Um, So the 15 year anniversary of the disaster, there were like memorial events that took place. It was in 20... <gasps> 50th, not 15th. I was like, what? 2016? (laughs) Um, In 2016, the 50th anniversary, um, there were memorial events that took place at the Memorial Gardens. And BBC News journalist and presenter Hugh Edwards said that described the need to continue learning lessons from aberfan and he wrote what we can do however in this week of the 50th anniversary is try to focus the attention of many in britain and beyond on the lessons of aberfan lessons which are still of profound relevance today they touch an issue of public accountability responsibility competence and transparency yeah like that's poignant to land yeah i
1: agree very eloquently saying all of the things that I'm constantly screaming about <laughs> yeah. in the void, <laughs> just angrily, f- full of emotion. <laughs> all right, well, good story, Hannah. Thanks. Yeah, Yay, I guess bad I story, but good story. <laughs> yeah, good, good job. Story. Good job, at job. Your sad story. So
0: I guess it's time to move on
1: to things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> all right that so, was different <laughs> who wants to go first i mean my thing that doesn't suck is uh, always one piece uh, I say, don't uh this do time in <laughs> no this i told week, you if my shirt comes up don't perceive me <laughs> my thing <I> <laughs> that doesn't suck is my husband this week because Aww. we put up the treat together and we had a lot of fun but then also the other day um on the hurdle fallout boy sugar we're going (laughs) down was the hurdle and i immediately texted guile and i go if you don't get the hurdle today i will in all capital letters divorce you and this is again in all capital letters a threat (laughs) and he immediately says we screenshot he got it on one
3: second (laughs) (laughs) good
1: call
2: good
3: job can i go next yes because my thing that doesn't suck is also bell's husband um because he let me borrow his car because shout the brakes Kyle, man. shout out to Kyle <laughs> yeah. cuz the brakes on my car were terrible and I shouldn't have been driving my car so he let me borrow his thanks yeah. Kyle
2: yeah, <laughs> thanks Kyle stand up guy um I'll go next so my thing that doesn't suck is Kyle too no just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Kyle <laughs> Kyle it's a Kyle things so that don't suck today. Um, I had a real one and now I forgot it. Well, what is wrong with my brain today? I keep forgetting a lot. It's a smooth brain day. Smooth, smooth brain, brain Oh, day. Evie.
3: <laughs> I want to say. I it. don't know if that, that's have... what it makes
2: me think of because that's where I first heard it was Evie. Yes. When she was like nine.
1: Smooth brain mom. She knew what it meant too at nine. I have a like cotton sorry, candy anyway. brain today. Does that make sense? It's almost like a fuzzy brain and almost like a smooth brain, but it's also but a pillowy brain because I'm really tired. But things are getting stuck in it. Uh huh. But because also it's swirling arounds, kind of. And that's and all I you can like focus like is on the new stuck a thing. Being in the machine still. Oh, so puking where things are getting stuck. <laughs> okay. It's so also anyway,
2: my thing, my thing that doesn't suck, I guess, is I, I got a really good. Review for your end, so yay! My That's work life. Cool. Good job, yay! yay. Did you get a raise? Merit increase, yes.
0: Woo!
1: Nice,
0: Woo! go, Jess. That's awesome. Things that don't suck. Way to excel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my thing that doesn't suck is that I woke up today and I'm alive. So, we got it. That's good, though, because there it. are
2: days where I wake up. And I'm not happy that yeah, I'm, I'm like, alive. i like, damn, I'm, and I'm like, alive. That sucks. <laughs> I fucking woke up this morning. Jesus.
0: My thing that doesn't suck is that I'm living the dream. Uh, um, <laughs> Whose dream? No, what are all the things that white people say that really mean they're dying inside? Yeah. Living the yeah. dream. Live, when live
3: anyone dream. asks you at work. How, how you doing? Living the, the dream, dream. man.
1: Living the dream. Um, I used to say that to customers all the time. <laughs> Me too. Oh, um, can't complain. Um, I'm here.
2: Yeah. Can't complain, but there's like, other really there are you can complain, but you're not gonna yeah. people.
1: There would be sometimes where people would be like, I would just be so stressed and so out of it, it's so over. People would be like, "How you doing?" I'd be like, "You know, what can I get for you?"
0: That's
2: what
3: I do. That's what I do.
0: But
1: anyway, or
3: there's
2: always just, uh-huh. the there's always the I'm doing like people
0: like you know how are you
2: how are you doing I'm, I'm doing like I'm just. Dear, I'm yeah. here.
0: How's it
1: going? It's it's going. I, I <laughs> say
0: I would say a lot of the time can't complain because it doesn't do any good anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> but uh, no, my thing that doesn't suck, I guess, is that we're going to be hanging out this afternoon. We have switched our schedule around so that we are now only doing three episodes a month. That gives us um, one day of recording where we only do one episode. And Ooh. man. I miss this because it gives us more time to enjoy each other's company, be uh-huh. a little bit more relaxed about the whole process. I won't,
3: as Belle so poignantly said earlier, storm about being upset because I want to leave. Because you
0: want to <laughs> leave because we have time. Because I can leave. Because <laughs> we have no, time,
2: she'll too. just leave. That's I'll just leave, yeah. will just leave, true, yeah. Because yeah, I have no that. obligation
3: to stay Cause and done. like record
1: a second episode. Right. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we won't even be doing anything, though. We'll just be hanging out for some reason. We don't have to talk about it.
3: (laughs) I'll talk all about it. I'll tell you all my fucking deep-seated trauma. Leave me alone. That's fine. (laughs) That's how I
0: manipulate people. I don't even mean to, but apparently I can lay (laughs) the guilt on very thickly. I don't, even when I'm like, I don't want you to feel guilty. Go home. You're still guilty.
2: (laughs) But everybody knows that, someone saying I don't want you to feel guilty doesn't mean no. it means I'll feel
3: more guilty.
2: No, <laughs> but I mean not. that they Say shouldn't it. feel. See, there's oh. a difference between I don't want you to. But Why Here,
1: shouldn't. But Here's another thing. Why should you feel guilty for prioritizing your time the way that you need because to I have
3: to make everyone happy?
1: A hundred percent. You on only have to make at yourself
3: the, happy. At,
1: no. And the depending my on your own relationship with James, sometimes no, you should no, make stop. him happy. Stop.
2: But even then, that's a stretch. The only people you have to prioritize over your own time... Are your parents because they spent at least eighteen years prioritizing your time her. ahead of
0: theirs? That's not true. Don't you don't have to, to prioritize. prioritize me. No,
2: I'm just saying, like you spent eight. They, I did, but I it's eighteen years. You spent
3: twenty six years prioritizing me, right? And
2: you're gonna <laughs> and spend, counting. <laughs> you're gonna spend however many till you die, and like so. I'm just saying that that should potentially be a consideration where you might.
1: Just move away and then you won't have to worry about it. Well, (laughs) you are a shit.
2: You are a shitty
0: asshole kid. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thing that doesn't suck right there, Jessie. Disciplining her (laughs) 29-year-old me. Is that disciplining or just name calling? You You are
2: a shit. I mean, she really now. Like, she really is like... Don't love your parents, move away from them, and then you'll never have to do anything they would like you to do again! (sighs) Fuck them! Fuck my poor mom who gave up her life for me. I honestly,
1: with all of the driving around and shit and seeing me at work that mom's been having to do, I don't think that she'd be that mad if I moved away.
3: <laughs> I would be really sad. sad.
0: She'd be like, if oh, you cool, moved I could sleep to
3: like ten some days. But I'm, I'm not
0: gonna lie that I'm not looking forward to the day where <laughs> I don't have to drive you. Like it's not so much the going in the morning; it's more having oh, to go back. But I haven't had to off. do that lately. Kyle's been pretty cool about that. So. So I guess that's it. I guess that's well, it. We can go. Yay. Wow. Anybody got something any, anything something to say? Um,
3: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't perceive me. Don't look at me. Stop
0: flashing
3: the world. I just want to no. stretch. I know. I'm just teasing.
2: <laughs> and we wanted a camera before, but now we're
0: glad we don't have cameras. Although we might gain listeners. <laughs> if she true. did that every episode,
3: at the end of the day, they'd watch the
0: whole thing um, just to catch the Oh, boobies. I
3: have something really funny to say.
0: <laughs> Put those headphones back on. They yesterday. wouldn't watch
2: the whole thing. They'd fast forward until uh, the end.
3: Yesterday, I was wearing a fucking chunky ass sweater yesterday walking through Target haven't showered in like a week. Um, and I'm walking through with James and with his brother. And uh, Dylan points out there's this fucking guy who walks past us who is like staring at my boobs apparently as he was walking past. So we follow him down an aisle. And James goes, you fart with that thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then we walk away. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to fucking sexualize me, I'm going to do a right back, bitch.
0: <laughs> that's funny. You guys are awful. No, that's funny. <laughs> you fart with that thing. You fart with that thing. <laughs> Oh, How's that's it? funny. That's a good thing to leave it All on. Right. All right.
1: We're Goodbye, Shemmy's.
3: Bye. Bye, <laughs>
1: Shemmy. Love you.
3: Ride-o. I do, in <laughs> fact, <laughs> fart with that thing.
1: Goodbye, <laughs> Shemmy's. I hope everybody does.
3: Righto. Oh, right o Shemmy's, Do
1: you fart with that fart thing? with that thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do. I'm still waiting <laughs> Love for Boo Shemmy to I
0: contact us. Uh, stop using my name and, 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 and give Shout yes. <laughs> out.